Hi, I'm Ryan. And I'm Talia. We're two associate and marriage and family therapists under clinical supervision, and we both specialize in working with couples. Welcome to It's Complicated, the Couples Guide podcast. Where we debunk myths and deliver truth about couples therapy. Trust us. It's awesome. So what are we talking about today? Episode 11? Oh. How to have a successful relationship. Yeah, this is one of my pet topics. Um, what does a successful relationship look like? Because... I want to start by going back to what I've talked about on the podcast before, that we, growing up, start to develop kind of like templates of what a a relationship looks like. And for some of us, we're very fortunate to have really successful templates from our parents and caregivers in the beginning. Some of us aren't as fortunate, and then we, we start getting used to relationships that actually, as we get older, aren't super healthy and really helpful. And then because of that, our templates are a little wonky. Uh, So this is helpful to be looking at, well, if I've never experienced a healthy relationship because when I was growing up, I wasn't exposed to that, what does a healthy relationship look like? Or uh, I like your language. What does a successful relationship look like? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's why I'm really stoked for this topic today. Mm Um, I guess the first thing that I do just want to say, that's where we're starting from. Mm -hmm. So the first thing for listeners to be asking themselves is, where did I learn what a relationship looks like, feels like, and what is my experience in a relationship? And do I think that that is the making of a successful relationship, i.e. am I fulfilled, uplifted, Mm -hmm. and growing in my relationships? Or am I starting to notice, which is what a lot of couples will come in and start saying, hey, to us about, is I don't, I don't think I've ever had a successful relationship. Mm-hmm. Relationships just seem distressing to me, painful, unfulfilling, and they're always coming and going. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing is just ask yourself that. And if your answer is I'm not too sure, or definitely a no, but even I'm not too sure what a successful relationship looks like, that's what this episode's for. Yes, I could not agree more. And I think defining success is something we can do along this episode as well, Mm -hmm. because success looks different to different people. Absolutely. And that's where I use that language instead of healthy. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of something just Mm -hmm. just got drilled into me in grad school. It's like, don't shame people. Like, they have their own version of health or what have you. So I think in that sense, healthy, we mean that not as a judgment if you don't fit this criterion, Mm -hmm. but it's this is like an optimal... Mm-hmm. optimal things that you can do what an optimal relationship would look like mm-hmm. to bring yourself happiness and mm-hmm. physical health and like stress reduction as well as your relationship mm-hmm. so that's what we say when healthy successful those are interchangeable if those come up out of our mouth this yes, episode <laughs> absolutely and just acknowledge that i mean this is very complicated i mean yeah. relationships are complicated it's why we named the podcast it's complicated Agreed. so know that we're hopefully giving some markers to people who are curious about what successful relationships look like but know that in the in how unique every human is and every relationship is there's room to go like that's not right for me mm-hmm. um that's one of the core values also i think of a of, of therapy is going let's start at this place and then move on from there and see yeah. You know, if you know kind of the guidelines, you can kind of break the guidelines a little bit. Mm-hmm. Make What's them more right for you. Yeah. Yeah. That being said, I don't think we're going to get into all the minutia of how complicated successful relationships are, but what yeah. are some of the heavy hitters? Um, I was brainstorming beforehand and started going, oh my gosh, I want to talk for hours, <laughs> hours. about this. Um, so I'll get to what I think is my number one, but I'm curious, Talia, when you were brainstorming this, this episode, what are the main markers for you of a successful relationship? So the type of couples therapy I utilize is Gottman method. Mm -hmm. 
and in Gottman Method, we go over masters versus disasters of relationships. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Masters of relationships are very attuned with their partner. So they're aware of their partner. They know what they like. They know what they don't like. They know if they have a rough day, what they would need. And they speak each other's love languages. So just to be clear about mm -hmm. attuned, because I know I get what you're talking about. Yes. When you say they know what they like, they don't like, it's not just a, hey, I know favorite color, favorite no. food. You're talking about like in the moment, yes. come home from work. If they've had a stressful day, I would like a glass of Savi uh. B waiting for me. <laughs> I don't want... Or Averino, yes. as the hip kids yeah. say these days. Oh, it's so nice. It's, <laughs> so not, nice. it's not enough to just know it and just keep it up in your head. Yes. It's actually acting on it mm -hmm. and caring for your partner is yeah. part of the attunement. Yeah. So when we look at couples therapy, masters of relationships match their partners. And I believe we've talked about this, but... I will give a 30 second summary. <laughs> Masters of relationships match their partner's bid for connection, mm -hmm. like a 20 to one ratio. Mm -hmm. So 20 times, statistically rough obviously, mm -hmm. you're making a bid for me. Hey, I got home from work, do you attune to me? Hey, mm -hmm. I would like to talk to you about this, are you answering me? Are, you, mm -hmm. are we having this connection in a relationship? Mm -hmm. 20 to one times. Mm -hmm. So the one time you don't do it, I'm not like, oh, this is a divorce, mm -hmm. right? Disasters of relationships is like a one-to-one -one ratio. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, well, you didn't do this for me, so I'm not going to do it for you. It's yeah. like a tit-for-tat system. Average couples is like five to one. Mm -hmm. So your goal should always be to attune. Mm -hmm. We all are human. We all fall short. But the more often that you put your partner first and you're matching their bid for connection, which if we look at it in a really brief example I give is when kids reach their arms up and go up, mm -hmm. that's like a bid for connection. Mm -hmm. We do up as adults. Mm -hmm. We walk by our partner while they're reading the newspaper and we're like, oh, huh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. That's a bid. Mm -hmm. Texting randomly during the day. Oh my God, I just had that best sandwich. They're not trying to bother you. They're mm -hmm. making a bid for connection. So that's, that's something we can get into in a different mm -hmm. episode. But I would view that's a really good marker in therapy of a successful relationship. Mm -hmm. And in real life, are you matching your partner's bids for connection? Mm -hmm. Are you caring about them? Are you connecting with them? Yeah. Um, that, that was one of my heavy hitters too. So I'm glad you brought that up as our first marker mm -hmm. of, um, if you're looking at take a list of what successful relationships mm -hmm. um, do have and don't have, they do have frequent successful bids for connection. Yes. For you, you're talking about attunement. Mm -hmm. um, for, for me, I would uh, also articulate it that way and saying, hey, how frequently are we connected? Mm -hmm. And how often are we aware we're connected and how often are we aware we're disconnected? And how do we handle that? And disconnect? how do we handle that disconnect? Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Good. Um, Podcast over. Okay, done. <laughs> Never mind. We got it all done in five minutes. Uh, so that, so we're that's masters that's of podcasting. Masters of podcasting. Um, and, I, and I think we could dive really deep into this idea, but I think we're going to circle back to it because it's yeah. all going to be related to these other Agreed. do's or don'ts. So Agreed. if you're sitting there going, okay, they just said mm -hmm. a successful relationship has like good attunement, good bids for connection. What does connection look like? I think we're going to circle back to it. Yes. Um, what might be another thing that you do list on the, they do have successful mm -hmm. relationships. What's another marker that you're looking at? Marker of a successful relationship that I see is successful communication mm -hmm. and what I mean by that and I've mentioned it in previous episodes mm -hmm. in Gottman especially there's the four horsemen mm -hmm. of the apocalypse and it's in terms of communication if you are using contemptuous statements criticism getting really defensive and blaming your partner and just mm -hmm. walling off and just mm -hmm. leaving potentially in a conflict those are, again are more of the disasters of relationships mm -hmm. so in order to be successful the types of communication we look for and would like to see as Gottman, people who practice Gottman 
and just when I see success relationships in general, when my therapist hat is off, would be, are you being appreciative of your partner? Are you trying to see things from their perspective and come from a place of understanding? Are you using a gentle startup when you bring up a potentially critical thing? Mm -hmm. You know, we don't want to make our partner feel like they're a terrible person for doing a behavior that bothers us. Mm -hmm. Because maybe it just bothers us. Maybe another partner be like, I don't care if you leave the laundry everywhere, Mm -hmm. right? So we want to build a culture of appreciation. We want to use a gentle startup. And we want to be sure that we're aware when we get activated and can't have good conflict if we're just like, oh, I can't deal with this right now. How do we calm ourselves down? And mm-hmm. then how do we re-engage with our partner? That's what I look yeah. for. Love it. Um, and on my end too, definitely communication. I do think that's more of um, symptoms, or not symptoms, but that's like a byproduct of this foundation of successful relationships. But it's such a great opening. It's why actually with my couples, I almost always start with communication skills training yes. for the first couple of sessions yes. just to get some early relief. And then we get into the deep nitty gritty yes. of stuff. How to apply those skills. Um, yeah. Yes. And so with you, I'm going to also agree with communication being a huge marker of successful relationships for the don't haves like you're saying the four horsemen Mm -hmm. i just go as straight down to no shaming blaming language yes or that being i mean no we all get there the point is is that's not not what you're doing frequently yes and instead i love your language also the way you communicate uh the appreciative statements the soft startups where you're you're bringing maybe something challenging in a Mm -hmm. discussion but it's not with an attack to Mm -hmm. your partner it's with a hey i'd like a collaborator with Mm -hmm. my partner about these things Mm -hmm. so positive communication in um appreciation and soft startups but also i think successful relationship is communication um includes um, clear communication and congruent communication. And constructive. Constructive communication. Not destructive. For me, what I'm saying, though, is in in the relationship, each partner taking responsibility for knowing themselves about mm-hmm. their thoughts, their feelings, and how that affects their behavior. Mm-hmm. And that's just what I mean about successful yes. communication in positive communication is going to your partner mm-hmm. and going here, I've taken responsibility to think about myself, to understand what I'm feeling, and now I'm going to go go to yeah. my partner to engage in relationship. That's also the antidote to defensiveness. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. we look at the four horsemen is mm-hmm. taking responsibility and it's not, you don't take responsibility of what you think your partner should. Mm-hmm. We're not like, well, it would be nice if you could realize that. Yeah. I'm like, that's not, no. <laughs> I, I see what you're doing and you're saying it in a very nice tone, but that's actually critical sometimes. Yeah. So it's like you said, I know myself, I'm going to take responsibility. And if I fudged up on a certain part of communication, I'll own it. Like, mm-hmm. hey, you know what? I should have let you know I was going to be running late to our dinner. I'm really <laughs> sorry. That was my bad. Moving forward, yeah. that is something I will include. Does that work for you? Yeah. Yeah. No, I actually want this instead. And mm-hmm. that, that gets into mm-hmm. love and apology languages. Mm-hmm. But being able to communicate mm-hmm. constructively. And it's hard to be vulnerable mm-hmm. and be like, oh, I messed up. But trust me, defensiveness does not look as good as being vulnerable does. Yeah. So... Um, and actually that word vulnerability leads me to, I think the other, like the third and mm-hmm. maybe keep it to three big mm-hmm. takeaways, mm-hmm. which is trust mm-hmm. in the relationship. Successful relationships have trust. Yes. Now that's a huge, big idea that has a lot of facets to it. Agreed. I think for this discussion, the way I articulate it all the time in therapy and that I think is helpful for people to kind of digest is, can I turn to my partner while I'm in distress? So you'll see that relates to attunement, it Mm -hmm. relates to communication, and yet at the core, 
there's an emotional trust element going on. If I am in a trusting relationship, when I feel distressed about something, maybe it's relational distress, mm-hmm. which we see in our office right. all the time. Maybe it's I'm stressed out about work right. or I'm distressed about my self-worth or my other relationships, like my parents or something. Can I turn to my partner in distress and trust they're going to be there for me? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's sort of my big thing I want to throw into like what we what I see in successful relationships is can you more often than not mm-hmm. turn to your partner in distress and trust that they'll be there for you as a partner as a collaborator I like that perspective yeah super fun that's I would the EFT yeah I, I, I was gonna say that's yeah. most likely EFT yeah emotionally focused therapy that's the style yeah. I think my version of trust isn't necessarily like laden with Gottman, mm-hmm. but I think it definitely comes from security and vulnerability, mm-hmm. right? And there's that mm-hmm. discussion that we have as therapists of which comes first, the chicken or the egg. Is it mm. trust that yeah. leads to being secure, or mm-hmm. if you feel secure, you're more likely to trust? Mm-hmm. And that's, again, it's complicated. It could mm-hmm. be a different episode. I do think, in summary, though, when you trust your partner, you feel secure with them, mm-hmm. and then being vulnerable isn't as scary. Mm-hmm. If you don't trust your partner, then sometimes your vulnerability can look like insecurity. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean it's you're insecure about yourself as a person. Mm-hmm. You could be feeling insecure in the relationship. Yeah. So not only does having trust allow you to turn to your partner in a time of distress, but having trust in your partner allows you to feel secure to go to those deep vulnerable places to potentially grow the relationship or share a vulnerability of this isn't really working for me, but if we try this instead, do you think that could work better? is a way that if you trust your partner, then you have the security of trying Mm -hmm. that. And Mm -hmm. I think being able to denote being vulnerable versus being insecure when you're coming at it from from Mm -hmm. the personal level, so it's not a relational Mm -hmm. level, it's like me as a person. Mm -hmm. If I'm being vulnerable, it's more so like, hey, go easy on me, this is hard to share, Mm -hmm. versus insecurity is a little bit more insidious in Mm -hmm. some ways Mm -hmm. where it looks like it's a personal trait. It's like, oh, that person's insecure about their smile so they cover their mouth when they're in pictures right Mm -hmm. that's a visual example Mm -hmm. for our listeners is Mm -hmm. if it's that type of insecurity there's still a vulnerable Mm -hmm. way to come to your partner with hey i know this may sound silly right you front load them you gentle startup this may sound silly but this actually is like a really big insecurity can you Mm -hmm. help me Mm -hmm. right turn your partner in time of distress Mm -hmm. if you trust them they can help you through it Mm -hmm. granted still keeping in mind the bids for connection to turn it back to our first point if it's constantly insecurity from one partner mm-hmm. and it's like a 20 to one ratio of mm-hmm. they're just really insecure and you're the secure one, yeah. that may be a sign that you're a mismatch, not mm-hmm. forever, but mm-hmm. there should be work done around attachment styles within mm-hmm. your relationship. Those definitely play into trust with your yes. partner. Um, and I, again, loving your language of vulnerability, um, in many ways, successful relationships, when they're doing this, when you're trying to evaluate, am I being insecure, am I being vulnerable, mm-hmm. successful relationships open the space to where it's okay to be vulnerable. Right. And just like any relationship, um, trust and vulnerability deepens as the relationship intimacy deepens. Yes. Obviously, if I met you one night, I'm not going to be as trusting or vulnerable the first night I meet you. Mm-hmm. Versus if I've been married to you for 40 years, I hopefully will be a little more trusting and vulnerable. So we want to be also compassionate about where you're at in the stage of your relationship. Yes. Nonetheless, successful relationships um, continue to deepen their tolerance into vulnerability together. Mm -hmm. And successful relationships facilitate that deepening. Mm -hmm. They continue to create safety so that you can be trusting and vulnerable. So Mm -hmm. something to look out for. I agree. 
Um, I actually, I mean, all three of these topics are so deep that I think we can just spend the rest of the podcast diving into them. Sure. But I think it's a really nice takeaway for um, the starting of this discussion for listeners. Successful relationships have frequent, successful bids for connection, connection communication. positive communication yes. skills, and, and trust. trust, which you can evaluate through... Can I turn to you in distress? And can I, I turn to my partner And can I feel vulnerable and secure with this yeah. relationship? Am I worried if you go mm-hmm. out, yeah. you're going to cheat on me? No, because I know you. I know your patterns. I know this. Yeah. I trust you. Yeah. Like, that's not a you thing. And if it is, then we got to reevaluate. Yeah. But it's not this constant living in constant fear where mm-hmm. you're like this fight or flight and your body is like, yeah. <gasps> I can't. Like, that's not. Yeah. That would be a marker of mm-hmm. an unhealthy relationship. If your mm-hmm. body is in distress constantly mm-hmm. and you feel on edge all the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Probably not safe. Yeah. Yeah. Not safe to go vulnerable either. Well, and I'll be honest, that's what I see in my office all the time. Agreed. Is people, maybe it wasn't like, hey, initially in a relationship I felt this insecurity, but over time things have happened and people haven't really been aware about why they're so scared with their partner. Mm-hmm. And by the time they come to my office for the first time, mm-hmm. it's like, hey, we're in so much distress. I'm in that fight or flight constantly. Mm-hmm. I don't even know why that's happening. Technically, you know, I got a roof over my head. We got kids. Like, you know, whatever. Yeah. And yet... I'm never feeling calm, peaceful, and uh, positive with my partner. I agree. Um, that's why communication is so important. Well, and that's why I love starting with communication, is mm-hmm. because you communication... Uh, I'm just going to go back into my style sure. of therapy. Communication skills training where I start is the, the salve on the wound or the band-aid or that immediate first aid mm-hmm. to start gaining some insight, understanding, and to just lower the heightened levels of distress. And going into therapy and maybe looking for some strategies of how to communicate more effectively is super helpful to get things started. Yes. Um, and so I know you have your specific favorites. Uh, do you? Why don't you share a little bit about like some some tips and tricks that listeners can use in successful relationships and like ways to communicate very nicely. And I know we're talking about this in other podcasts, yeah. but just let's go through a couple. So I also do communication groups. Mm-hmm. It's like part of the group side that I teach. Mm-hmm. So I apply the same logic to couples. Mm-hmm. Definitely, like you said, non-blaming, non-shaming. Mm-hmm. But after you teach therapy communication skills <laughs> so much, there's like kind of like a handy dandy notebook yeah. of blues like from yeah. blues clues yeah, like there's yeah. a handy dandy notebook of just <laughs> sentences that you can just have at the ready yeah. and how those start and these are basic skills of just any communication especially with your relationship yeah. you describe what's going on mm-hmm. you express clearly mm-hmm. and you use empathy you are assertive not too much but if you really feel strongly about it sharing in that mm-hmm. and not wavering of like it'd be really nice if this happened but it's not if not it's okay like we're gonna avoid that taking responsibility for whatever is yours being mindful of the other person is this the best time for them mm-hmm. to talk are they gonna be open to it if mm-hmm. they've had a long day at work i don't care how nice you are how gentle your startup is i'm <laughs> i'm not that's not my best time yeah so communicate to your partner yeah. if you need to bring something up to me that really requires attention this is a great time for me to deal with mm-hmm. it during the day Let's say it's my lunch break, right? Mm -hmm. I'm fully focused. You have my full attention. Great. I now know a good time. So being mindful of when would work for your partner. Don't overly apologize is another one. And then be open to negotiation because your partner may not have the same perspective that you have. But in order for you to deepen in the trust and vulnerability, sharing with them, hey, this is what's going on for me. So let's say you and I are partners. And I use this example a lot because a lot of couples I see go through it. 
and you leave the laundry everywhere, I leave the laundry everywhere. Rather than using a harsh startup, rough time of day, not even caring about you at all, not being empathetic. Are you freaking kidding me again with this laundry? <laughs> I'm over it. Like, are you just, right? That's, yeah. I wouldn't want to listen to that. But yeah. if it's like, I know we're already at your good time of day to talk. Hey, babe, can we chat? Yeah, sure. It would mean so much to me if the laundry could get picked up, right? I didn't say who put it there. I didn't use blaming. It's mm -hmm. very non-blaming, very mm -hmm. general about the behavior you dislike. Mm -hmm. And I'm big on that with my couples. Mm -hmm. You like your partner. Mm -hmm. You dislike their behavior. Mm -hmm. Very mm -hmm. rarely is it a true core trait about the partner that is the core of dislike. Those couples usually end up not being together because it's like you can't fix that That's person. a different That's discussion. a different thing. <laughs> yeah. So it's like it would mean so much to me if the laundry could get picked up it helps me to feel respected and it mm -hmm. helps me to feel calm when I get home and I don't feel as though I have to clean that up mm -hmm. and that lets me feel closer to you. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's something that we could work on or mm -hmm. you could work on is the only time I'll make it a you statement. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's something you could work on is making sure the laundry gets picked up by the time I get home? Mm -hmm. Sounds way better and leaves way more doors open to communicate than pick it up or we're done, mm -hmm. right? And sometimes we get to that, but we don't communicate. This is my favorite example yeah. to give is we vent to all of our friends, right? And so we are throughout the day, it's like, oh God, the laundry, I don't even care. And we step home and we're like, oh, how dare this laundry still be on the floor? I can't believe my partner, who I've never mentioned this as an issue to, hasn't read my mind yeah. and cleaned it up, yeah. right? So being able to communicate, maybe not the first time it bothers you, Mm -hmm. But if it develops into a pattern, you've seen it a few times, nip it in the bud. Mm -hmm. Don't let it go one to two years and then explain it to your partner. Because chances are, and that's what pisses people off the most, they're bopping along and they don't care because they don't know it's a problem. They have literally no idea. They have no idea. And you're co-signing it by not bringing it up and saying, hey, not cool. No. Uh, so, so many ideas. And mm -hmm. you just threw out a bunch of different ideas mm -hmm. um, pretty quickly for listeners. <laughs> so go back and re-listen to that a few more times with these little like touch points. Yes. But what I want to go back to is mention or, or articulate that you mentioned there's actual worksheets and, and there's yes. information to find these yes. strategies. Oh, yes. And I would encourage listeners to maybe do a Google search. Check some of this out. A great book is called Nonviolent Communication. Mm, I don't know that one. It's for cool. couples. Yeah. I'll check it out myself. Yeah. And, and one of the things I want to do, though, is acknowledge um, an experience I had early on mm -hmm. where I had heard about these things, too. And I went, I know how to communicate. Um, and I didn't really feel like that was right for me. And I was wrong. I have to admit that. What I had a bit of right hubris. I don't remember what it was. Okay. But what wasn't right for me is like, oh, I don't need to read examples oh. of language. Oh. I know how to talk. Right? <laughs> yeah. I thought I was a fairly articulate human being. I liked to think I knew my thoughts and feelings pretty well. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, oh, that, that's for other people. Yeah, I, I don't need that. I don't need that. <laughs> and I'm going to, I'm still going to say, I'm a fairly articulate human being Agreed. who knows my thoughts and feelings Same. pretty well. And it still was really helpful to go look at these types of resources that give me strategy ideas as well as just genuine examples mm -hmm. of how to say things. Mm -hmm. Don't um, let pride get in the way. Yeah, don't let and just look at that because the whole reason a lot of communication is frustrating between couples is because we do think we know how to articulate, uh -huh. and yet there's really, really masterful ways to learn other language right. skills. At the end of the day, we learn language from others. Uh -huh. It's a taught skill. So we learn. So from why our not parents. deepen it exactly? Well, that's that's a to that's a different topic, distress. but it's yeah, it's yeah. for communication points. Yeah. If you've been modeled, mm -hmm. like if somebody showed you a not great way to communicate, an yeah. ineffective way, yeah. 
please don't hold on to those skills. Yeah. I know we're not saying walk in and throw away your old skills and just learn all these in one day. Yeah. Gradually start to replace the tools in your uh-huh. toolbox. Like this is not a good wrench anymore. Yeah. I learned a new one in therapy. Yeah. This is gra- it's a gradual replacement of your mm-hmm. communication skills. That's why we can't fix people really at all. It's their yeah. job, but we can't fix anything in one session. Yeah. Rarely is it like unless they learn. Oh, I should stop saying this one word that triggers my partner. Yeah. You're not going to learn it all in one session or one day even in your own therapy so be patient Mm -hmm. in learning these skills do your Mm -hmm. research outside of therapy practice them with other people yeah and just your skills are important for whoever you communicate with and your partner will never read your mind i don't know where people learn that along the way but just assuming your partner feels the exact things you do Mm -hmm. by default they won't because they were raised by different people Mm -hmm. hopefully (laughs) hopefully (laughs) that's an entirely different episode I've not dealt with that in my office. No, at this time. I haven't either. Uh, so yeah, be good with your communication. Be yeah. effective. And and, it, and again, kind. there's these resources out there. Check, you know, oh, yeah. it's such an easy Google search. Or email us if you and, want. And yeah, we can send you some too. One idea, uh, just to give you a clear, uh, very succinct example of this is um, feelings sheets, mm. uh, which we do in therapy all the time, and that I found useful when I was becoming a therapist because, again, I thought I knew a lot of emotional language, and there's a lot of language out there about emotions. And just reading the like the single word of feelings can really open the world to how you can express and communicate to people. So um, you know, that's look at read a feeling chart one day. Like, oh, there's that feeling, that feeling. Like, oh, cool. Mm-hmm. I do feel that. I just I, that's not you know, normally. I just say I'm angry. Yeah. Instead of saying I'm perturbed. It's yes. like, Okay. Now there's finding nuances oh, yeah. within the language. It's yeah. Cool. And I'm I am aware in my couples that not every, not. And this is stereotypic of men, but mm-hmm. not every man is comfortable talking about feelings mm-hmm. or hearing needs. Yeah. And I, my big thing is having needs doesn't make you needy. It's how you express them. Mm-hmm. So I work with couples where the stereotypically the man will be like, I don't like hearing when she says I need. Mm-hmm. I get the concept. I get mm-hmm. it's good communication. I'd rather that than the low level assertiveness hint of it'd be nice if, right? Mm-hmm. The directness is what we want to salvage and hold on to. Mm-hmm. But again, it's the language of it would make a big difference in how close I feel to you mm-hmm. is way different than I need. Mm-hmm. Or I would appreciate so greatly blank versus I need this, right? We don't, and if it's a true need, yes. And I work on lowering whoever is triggered by hearing I need because yeah. there's probably a deeper issue there. But there are ways to communicate your needs and wants and be direct without mm-hmm. coming across as clingy or needy or whatever else. And if you're doing the work and your partner still is like, well, I don't want to hear it maybe go to therapy. Mm-hmm. Let us filter through for yeah. you. Like, hey, I can get understand. That yeah. did sound a little needy. Can we try it again? Or like, yeah. dude, get over it. Yeah. Like, she's, the, people have needs, so do you. Yeah. Like, let's let's talk it out. Yeah. yeah. And get to the real underlying issue. Yeah. Um, yeah. So w- that's communication. Mm-hmm. And again, there's so much more we can talk oh, yeah. about. And yet I'm kind of thinking about these three core um, markers for successful relationships and how therapy can bring those, um, facilitate the growth mm-hmm. of those. And again, starting with communication as the salve and the band-aid to start lowering the distress and develop some skills that are just useful. Second, I would jump into is starting to get couples to understand even when they're connected or disconnected, which goes to that first point we're saying successful relationships, you can have bids for connection. Oftentimes, when couples come and they first start doing communication skills, then they the next skill that I'm sort of fostering in session is get aware to when you are connected or disconnected. Sometimes, or I would say frequently, couples aren't 
even paying attention to, hey, mm-hmm. are we connected right now? Are we working together or are we disconnected? They just know I feel good or I feel bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times I'll have moments in my office after a few sessions where we have like a celebration of, hey, you're identifying you're progress. connected or disconnected. That's progress. Even if you are disconnected, we yeah. want to see that. Yeah. So that I just want to say is like if we're going through stages, that's the next step of we're moving couples into these successful relationships mm-hmm. by first having them identify mm-hmm. when am I disconnected or when am I connected. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's when you can start having these bids mm-hmm. to notice, wait a second, I'm disconnected right now. Mm-hmm. How can I bid for connection? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think are the successful traits of both bidding for a connection as well as accepting a bid for connection? Yeah. How does that look in a, in a successful relationship? You have to be in what we call positive sentiment override. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at the world through rose-colored glasses. Mm-hmm. If you have more bids, which it relates to your emotional bank account. Mm-hmm. So if both you and your partner are like, hey, babe, can you have me a coffee? And you hand me a coffee, bid match, right? Mm-hmm. We're depositing money into our emotional bank account. Mm-hmm. The higher that is, the more likely I am to be in positive sentiment override. I'm seeing things positively. I'm appreciated. I am appreciative as well. If we're looking at life through that, we don't see the missed bids as much. Mm-hmm. We're not seeking it out. If And this is when a lot of couples come in. The S word has hit the fan. They're not doing too well. They're now negative sentiment override. They're wearing shit colored glasses yeah. to look at the world. Yeah. And they don't see the positivity. Their yes. partner is making bids. Yes. Their partner is matching bids. They are doing the things. Yeah. But because there's a click or a disconnect in mm-hmm. the relationship, there's dysregulation, I'm not seeing it anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm just seeking out when mm-hmm. you don't make it. Yeah. The partner's like, are you kidding me? I did the dishes, this, that, this. Yeah. But you didn't fold the laundry. It's like, but I did all these other things. Like, yeah. what? And so being able to notice when you are starting to shift Mm -hmm. and feel less connected to your partner, please come into therapy or talk about it with your partner. Mm -hmm. Like that's the time to be like, why am I feeling this way? Let me do an inventory. Let me bring it to my partner. See if we can't solve it. Mm -hmm. There's other self-help resources. And then if not come in before it gets too bad. So successful bids not only require you to be appreciated and appreciative of your partner, Mm -hmm. they require you knowing what it, it would look like and knowing how to respond. And so if you notice it, like, let's say again, you're reading the newspaper Mm -hmm. and I walk by and you're like, huh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. That's a bid. Whether we realize it Mm -hmm. or not, we've studied it obviously, Mm -hmm. so we know more about it, but that's a bid. Mm -hmm. Oh, honey, what is interesting? Boom, I matched your bid. Mm -hmm. Cha-ching, both of us got money in our emotional bank account. Mm -hmm. But if I didn't hear you and you're like, oh, that's really interesting. And then I'm like, oh, what was it? I may have missed it at the beginning, but I eventually turned towards mm-hmm. your bid. I matched mm-hmm. it. And if you say that and you're like, honey, I, I told you this thing was interesting. I'm like, I heard you. Mm-hmm. I've actively turned against it. Not only did I acknowledge it in here, but I'm like, screw you. I'm not matching mm-hmm. your bid. So sometimes we inadvertently miss our partner's bids. Mm-hmm. We're not meaning, maybe we're not meaning to turn away from it, but it's an accident. Mm-hmm. You can still repair that. Yeah. I'm so sorry I didn't hear you. Please, you have my full attention. What was interesting yeah. versus I heard you. Yeah. I just don't care. Money out. That money comes out of the bank account. I think the two skills that go in this dynamic you're describing is the listening to hear the bids. And that does take practice. But that's why communication skills Uh training is a great start because you start learning how to do that and communicating. But also you're just actively looking for and you're getting aware of it. Mm -hmm. And then the second skill I'm noticing which you describe this dynamic is there's a choice in how you respond. 100%. So let's go back to that uh, the negative way where you were saying like, hey, I'm mm-hmm. going to 
how did you, when you go against the bid, what would you call it? Turn that? against. Turn against the bid. Uh, with a little snarky, mm-hmm. like, uh, sure, it's interesting. Fuck you. Yeah, exactly. That must be <laughs> nice so for that you. That must be great. Yeah. Or uh, I just don't care. <laughs> yeah. You know, just literally, literally don't care. Don't care. Um, so that's a choice. And uh-huh. a lot of times those reactions, mm-hmm. when they've come with the shit um, colored, colored glasses, glasses. Yeah. those are because there's pent up emotion. Anger and, and resentment. Exactly. And... What I want to tell listeners is you have a choice in that moment to take responsibility and regulate your reaction. Please. So that you can start noticing the bids and having an engagement with the bids. And here's what I will say. A lot of times couples say, well, they don't do that or it's only going to stay being worse. I've only seen that happen. Mm-hmm. What I frequently articulate is someone's got to be the first grown-up to change. Mm-hmm. And also, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. If you choose to be rude and share your resentment, you're going to continue to breed that. If you choose instead to regulate your reactivity and engage in the bid and hit it back in a positive way, guess what? That prophecy of this is a healthy relationship is going to start coming true more and more. Exactly. And the whole point of that long thing that I'm just railing against is you really do have power in your relationship. You totally do. And people feel so hopeless and distressed when they come in. And yet, even if your partner isn't listening to this podcast with you, mm-hmm. which by the way, hot date night, yeah. put this on, get a glass of wine and <laughs> yeah. go out to dinner afterwards and talk about stuff. <laughs> Super fun. Yes. But it, that's just me and my weird therapy world. <laughs> um, but even if your partner isn't listening to the podcast with you, yeah. you have a lot of power in your relationship and you can affect positive change mm-hmm. on your own. Agreed. And you can help teach your partner that by sharing with them. Again, yeah. vulnerability mm-hmm. and security is a good segue now. Yeah. Discussing it with them. Hey, yeah. I learned this really cool. I do that with all my partners. Yeah. I learned this really cool thing. Can we try it? Yeah. Right? Exactly. I love it's going to be way better than like, we need to do this thing to save our relationship. No. You don't understand. Yeah. If we don't do this, we're going to die. Yeah. If you come at it so hard, like we need yeah. to do this or yeah. it's bad. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's threatening and scary. Yeah. The last thing I, do I would be like, I don't want to. I do though. I yeah, yeah. You're looking so scary. And then, yeah. but if you come in like, oh, I learned this new thing. Let's try it. That's exciting and Positive fun. reframe, right? Rose yeah. colored glasses. Yeah. What's the worst that could happen? We don't like the skill and we just learned something that doesn't work for us and yeah. maybe opened up space for something that does work better. And maybe we even get a chuckle because we make fun of the people who taught us. Whatever. Yeah, like, use exactly. us. I don't care. Yes. Get happy, joy yes. in your life. Yes. If it's on my expense, I'm down. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, Try it out. And I just want to articulate, like, you're kind of, we're going through these, these steps, phases of therapy. Mm-hmm. So these communication, communication skills, if you're starting to notice your connection and start having bids, if it's over the paper mm-hmm. or about, you know, just a, yeah. you know, a lighthearted something, you're yeah. doing that. Then, like you said, we get into vulnerability. Once you've increased those bids and you've gotten used to accepting them and um, replying and having those bids, now you can deepen the bids, which is really deepening the vulnerability and being able to share more meaningful moments. Yes. So maybe the bid did start with a discussion about the news. Sure. Great. Practice there. Yeah. Once you've gotten good at that, now let's start bidding with some, hey, I I love you and I, I'm scared about how much I I, I'm connected you. with yeah. you. Um, uh, this is the most intimate I've ever had a relationship with anyone, and I want to share this with you. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. I just, I just so saw butterflies. Cool. <laughs> well, you're gazing into we're gazing into each other's eyes it's while so we're talking true. about. They're beautiful and brown. Um, they both are. Yes. Huh. Um, but my point is, is like you can see how therapy can progress uh-huh. 
in a natural flow of treatment. Mm -hmm. You get some basic skills, you get into practicing at a, at a, at a core level, mm -hmm. and then you go even deeper. And when you start getting into those discussions of vulnerability, and it's safe to do that, you have trust in your relationship that when you go into a bid, oh my gosh, relationships flourish. Mm -hmm. And those are successful relationships. Right. You have those moments in your relationship frequently, yeah, we're going to have our bad days where I am going to go back to snapping at you when, when you talk about the newspaper. It happens. And it won't matter. But if I'm I'll hitting it 20 to 1 times, yeah. then yeah. great. That one time, the person's going to be like, eh, they're having an off day. Yeah. Right? We, we will naturally, if we're feeling mm -hmm. safe and secure mm -hmm. and our oxytocin, again, the neuroscience mm -hmm. of it, mm -hmm. if our oxytocin is we're both swimming in it because our bids are being matched and we're trusting and we're communicating and everything's great, mm -hmm. the one time or two times or whatever you have an off time, I'm going to more, I'm be more likely to attribute it to mm -hmm. Something external is acting upon my partner mm -hmm. that is making them be less effective in our relationship. We are fine though. Mm -hmm. We will get through it. If we don't feel safe, if we don't feel vulnerable, mm -hmm. if this is a consistent pattern where mm -hmm. you're missing the bids, you're stressed, you're snapping, you're whatever, mm -hmm. I am going to be more likely to attribute it to something internal within my partner mm -hmm. or internal within the relationship. Mm -hmm. And that is when I'm going to be more concerned. Yeah. Not only as a therapist, but mm -hmm. as somebody who has relationship partners, mm -hmm. that's going to be a big concern if I'm like, I'm actually doing all the work, mm -hmm. I'm communicating, I'm trusting you, I'm matching your bids 20 to one. And again, mm -hmm. I know that more than most people dating, mm -hmm. but it's like, what is going on here? Yeah. Like, then I would look, I would do the inventory, then I look mm -hmm. inward of like, something's going on with my partner, but I would bring it up in a gentle way. Mm -hmm. Is everything okay with your family? How's yeah. work going What's for you? Happening? I'd Let's be vulnerable in. in the discussion of, yeah. let me help you. And if mm -hmm. it's like, no, or there's again some unmet thing or undiscussed thing or like we talked about that core insecurity or core character trait that's like a cancerous part of the relationship you can do all of these skills and this is what i will leave listeners with you can do all of these skills and you can be a great relationship partner and you can still be with somebody who just isn't willing that doesn't make you unworthy that doesn't make you unskilled that doesn't mean you've done something that's not effective you just now know, wow, if I'm this capable of doing these skills with something that may not work or may have not worked, imagine how much it's going to be when I meet somebody who can do all of this with me as well. Mm -hmm. So don't get discouraged. Mm -hmm. And even if you feel like that, you can go to your own individual therapy and be like, gosh, I'm really trying it. Yeah. Like, this is tough for me. And we sit with you and go, yeah, yeah that would be tough. Hard. And, and I, I just want, it's so important to me to, the, the not yes. discourage statement. Yes. I want to keep saying that. I love the idea of if you need to go to therapists yes. and switch your partners up there, if your partner isn't yeah. working on you with this. But even then, don't be discouraged because these things do take practice. Oh my gosh, It yes. is very hard. It takes time to, um, to be able to get to the place where regularly you're vulnerable and mm -hmm. you can turn to your partner and trust them mm -hmm. when you're in a moment of distress. Mm -hmm. So even, you know, I think I have an amazing relationship right now. My partner is fantastic and we're still, after years, continuing to get better and mm -hmm. grow and be more vulnerable and trust each other in these moments. Mm -hmm. It doesn't just happen because you did hear this idea mm -hmm. on a podcast no. and you try it once and suddenly things are magical. Magic, yeah. Um, that's what's so beautiful about this, though, and why our relationships are so meaningful is because of how deep and complicated they are. Mm -hmm. I just want to like throw that like positivity out there. It's like, mm -hmm. yes, great idea. Look for it. But it's a, it's a growth work in progress. It mm -hmm. doesn't happen overnight. And both of you, both you and your partner and some couples, I tell this to, they're like, oh, really? And I'm like, yeah. you both have to be willing to do the work. Yeah. You can't carry mm -hmm. 
your partner always. They can't carry you always. Mm -hmm. It requires you both to grow both independently, mm -hmm. which allows you two to grow interdependently. Yeah. Not codependently. <laughs> not to get yeah an extra point, but I mean, you're describing another good dynamic of right. a successful relationship. Right. This, I am growing so, yeah. independent of you. Mm -hmm. You support me in that mm -hmm. because we trust each other, because mm -hmm. we communicate and because we match each other's bids, mm -hmm. that allows me to be a good human being out in the world. Mm -hmm. So when I get home and we have our us time as a relationship, we're solid as well. Yeah. So it helps you regulate yourself both in the world with every other relationship and dynamic you have, as well as when you come home or whatever that looks like for you with your partner. Mm -hmm. So they're key. these are key skills, again, having communication mm -hmm. skills mm -hmm. that are effective. Absolutely. Matching your partner's bids, mm -hmm. as well as being able to trust your partner and deepen in your vulnerability and feel secure in your relationship. Yeah. I think it's a good starting point for anyone who wants to start considering what a template mm -hmm. is for successful relationships. Yes. There's tons more ideas oh, and yeah. other things. I mean, you could make a little chart on a piece of paper, again, what um, what does this relationship have and what it doesn't have, yes. and just start brainstorming down ideas. Right with your therapist yes uh, what do but, you want and don't want yeah if you're but at least start looking at that and these are some good guideposts of big 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 themes in mm -hmm. relationships to get you going mm -hmm. uh, maybe we'll revisit this in the future with other ideas to add to those lists yeah. um, but I think this is a good starting point for people who are like what's the template I want to um, mm -hmm. in, uh, investigate and now you have actual examples and kind of a conceptualization of it right yeah. how many times do we hear Trust and communication and the bread and butter of a good relationship. Well, yeah. thank you, but what does yeah, that look like? Exactly. What's the operational definition? Now you have at least one yes. tip in each category of what does that look like mm -hmm. and how do I employ that in my own life? Yeah. And um, my hope is that you also see sort of how a couple of <clears throat> a couple of couple therapists, um, how Ryan and Talia might think of these ideas and guide couples in the therapeutic process Yes. so that you can also be thinking, hey, if I want to be developing this type of work um, professionally, you know, you can go to a therapist and these are kind of things you can expect. Mm -hmm. I agree. All right. Um, I think that'll do it for, for this episode. Sounds I good. I agree. Let's see. What's our next topic for episode 12 coming up? Oh, the balance episode. Oh, yes. The yin-yang. Yes, the yin, the yang. So we are discussing the balance of the masculine and the feminine, both in your own self, mm -hmm. but as well as how that translates to the balance of the masculine and feminine energies in the relationship. Heck yeah. Uh, every culture has their own norms. Mm -hmm. We have masculine and feminine norms yep. in our culture, and we're going to talk about uh, how you might balance those. Mm -hmm. And, that's and what it looks like when it is balanced mm -hmm. or unbalanced and how to get it there. Yeah. Uh, this is one of my soapbox topic so i always stand up and be like yeah oh this is gonna be a good I'm episode so for both of us this is gonna be great um i think it's because we always talk about this offline yes. and we're like okay we need to talk about this on the, on the show uh so cool thank you so much everyone for listening talia where can they find us you can find us on itunes and google play you can also email us at ryan and talia at thecouplesguidepodcast.com check out our website thecouplesguidepodcast.com and if you would do us a favor and you are a listener who's a fan, can you please like, rate, and subscribe to our podcast so that way even more people can have this great information. Heck yeah. And if you have any questions and you would like us to answer your relationship questions, your therapy questions, or uh, give some um, advice about your relationship, please uh, shoot us an email or a message. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, slide is... in our DMs. Yeah, slide <laughs> it in. <laughs> the Couples Guide Podcast on there Instagram. Uh, this is It's Complicated. We'll see you next time.